All right. What do y'all want to do now? Let's, let's get in the Word of God together. Amen? You know, it's not about what I know. It's not about what you know. It's about what the Lord can show us if we'll open our hearts to Him, right? He's got good things for every person in here if we'll open our hearts to Him today. He will, he'll show us something, right? Because I don't want you to know what I know because you want to know way more than I know. Right? I don't even want to just say what I know. When I get in the Word, I don't expect to just say what I know. I expect to say things way further than I know because God's teaching me as He's teaching you guys. Amen? So let's believe God together. Father God, we do thank You for Your Word. We honor and reverence Your Word, Lord. We thank You for every good thing that You've done for us through Your Word. And we ask for utterance, revelation, and anointing as, we, as Your Word is spoken today, that it would be Your Word, the very oracles of God, not the opinions and ideas of man, but that it would go forth in power and anointing, that the ears that hear it, it would go directly into our hearts, into the good soil of our hearts, and produce a fruit in our lives and in the lives of those around us, Lord. We give You glory in advance for every good thing that we'll enjoy and others will enjoy through this word today, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. How many are excited about what God not only is doing in your life, but through your life? Amen. It's not just, it's not going to be exciting enough for just what you see in your life. What is the most exciting is when you see God work through you to bless and to enlighten someone else. Amen. So as we listen to the Word, don't just expect for yourself. Expect for yourself, and then you're like Mama Bird. You're not just eating for you. You're grabbing some for your babies, right? You're grabbing some for somebody else, right? Take more than you need because somebody else is going to need it. Amen? And God God ain't slack. He'll give you a whole bunch. Glory to God. Well, let's open our Bibles to Matthew 6. And uh, I think I'm on a series, but I don't ever know how to name a series, so I just have a whole bunch of singles that go together. (laughs) So I think I'm on about four right now that go together. But, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Word of God and the singleness of mind of God and and and, and putting it in our ears and in our eyes and doing what it says and what it says only and things to that. I mean, I've got other CDs if you want to get them because I don't even remember them all. See how it goes? But uh, um, in uh, Matthew 6 and 22, it says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body is full of light. And, you know, what God is saying there is there's one way of looking at things. There's, there's actually two ways. There's God's way and the wrong way. Right? How many know that? There, there, you know, a lot of people say, well, we got a different way. No, you got the other way. There's God's way, and there's other ways. There's not five ways. There's not six ways. There's God's way, and there's other ways. Right? People say, well, we just don't believe that. Well, it's because you believe the other way. Right? (laughs) Right? There's There's only two ways. There's God's way and the other way. There's belief. We talked about this last time I think I spoke here. There's belief, and there's unbelief. There's not believing in something else. There's unbelief. If you're not believing in God, you're in unbelief. Right? If you don't believe God's Word, you're in unbelief. They say, well, we believe it. No, you don't believe. Because this is faith. Living for God is faith. This is what you believe. Anything else, everybody else, they got to see it. 
They got to feel it. Well, if once you see it, as Brother Moore says, it's too late to believe it. You, you see it. You can't believe something after you see it because you see it. Believing implies faith. Faith means you haven't seen it yet. Right? And God's way is the way of faith. And it is a single way. It, it, God doesn't have five ways to get to one place. He has, how many ways did he say is there to get to him? One way, Jesus Christ, right? And you know, the world's tried to confuse that, right? That, that's what more than one way is, confusion, right? And what, what's confusion listed with? Strife, envy, and every evil work. Do you, want to be, do you ever want to say, I'm confused again? You know, every time we say, man, that's really confusing, we should say, no, that doesn't apply to me because I'm never confused. You know why you would never be confused? Don't entertain any other idea. Jesus said if the, if, if the eye is single, if you're looking one direction all the time, if you're, if you're listening to one report all the time, if, you, if you're listening to more than one report, how many? That, that's, that's one too many, right? If you're listening to one, more than one opinion... That's one too many, right? God's way is the right way. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a way. He has a thought, and his thoughts are always right. And, and you know, we want to get away from them. You know, it was just not too long ago, me and Kim were believing God together for something, and God, and God told me at the beginning of this, he said, and he told me to tell Kim, he said, don't give that another thought. What's God saying? He's saying, do not entertain another thought concerning that situation. Why? Because he's, he already gave me a report. And so the day that, that we were to get a different a report, I'm, I find myself sitting there thinking, I really want to hear that report. Why? Why do I need another report? You know, Brother Moore said this to me, well, I think probably on one or two of the, the second visit, hospital visit I ever went on for him. I came back and I said, well, you know, they, they don't know yet, but they're believing God for a good report. And he said, they don't need a good report. They already have the good report. And see, that's what we forget. We have the report of the Lord. We don't need somebody to tell us anything different or agree with his report. Them agreeing with his report doesn't make his report more, more true in our life. Us agreeing with his report is what makes it true in our life. Right? And for us to go out and say, I need a d different report in my mind, I mean, you know, the, the, it's bombarding me with, well, if this happens, I'll do this. And if they say this, we'll do this. And if they say this, why? I'm planning for failure. That's when you entertain other ideas. You're already entertaining. You're planning for failure. Right? You're making a plan in case God doesn't do right. And when you do that, you've tied His hands. He cannot do right because He can't do anything for you because you're looking at another report. You're looking at another way. Is there another way? No. But you're still looking at one. You know... Your way is going to fail. I know. I, I, I was a professional failure. I could fail without trying. Anybody else like that? Anytime you mess with your own life, you failed and caused failure around you. But God's Word never fails. Why would I hang on to me when I've got an unfailing anchor for my soul? to hold on to at all costs that's never failed. But yet I choose to, to look to myself rather than Him. And when, you, when we allow that, and I didn't, don't get me wrong, I, I, I knew what God said. He said, don't 
let another thought in. He said, I don't want you to take thought for this again. And so when the thoughts came, I said, that's not my thought. Doesn't mean the thoughts aren't going to come, right? Unless you guys are super Christian. (laughs) I'm super Christian. Thoughts don't affect me. Things of this world have no effect on me. Guess what? You're full of it. No. Every one of us. That's why it says, fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have a battle. The good news is, He's already told you the outcome. You're going to win. Amen? But, but thoughts are going to come. What we do with those thoughts are what decide what we believe. Amen? And when we accept those thoughts, then we begin to have the double, we begin to have the next verse. The next verse says, but if your eye is evil, what's he saying? The first eye was single and it wasn't evil, so what must the second eye be? Double. So an evil eye is something that looks at more than one option, which is more than God's option. Amen? People say, you mean those are evil people? No, it's an evil thought. Right? You know, we've taken evil, and every time we say it, we think of some sinister creature with horns and a... a, You know, evil is just contrary to God's Word. Do you know that? Anything Anything we think that is contrary to what God thinks is an evil thought. (laughs) okay let me say it another way so it won't sound so bad anything that we think that's contrary to what God thinks it's bad it's bad don't do it no more you know when you say evil it sounds evil but when you say bad it's like oh it's just bad okay I can deal with that if it's all if it's just bad but man if it gets evil evil and bad be the same word by the by If your eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. And if the light you have is darkness, how great is your darkness? What's he saying? He's not saying that you see that you're in darkness. You believe that what you believe is okay. How great is your darkness? If you're believing in something contrary to God's Word and you believe it's truth, how great is your darkness? Because that's your light. Does that make sense to you guys? Because I almost lost myself there just a second. Huh? Your, the, your light is darkness when you believe something other than the truth of God's Word. Amen? And, and that's not us. And what, what's really happened there is we've believed the confusion rather than the truth. And that, see, that the devil is a master of distraction. So what he wants you to do is be confused. Because then if, you, then if you're confused, you think you have a choice. Right? We've already discussed this. How many choices are there? There's two. Oh, there's two. There's a bad choice and God's choice. Right? And people that are confused are entertaining both ideas. People that are not confused are not entertaining the other choice. We do have a choice. God said, I, I, blessing and cursing. I set before you this day. Blessing and cursing. And then he said, let me give you the answer. Choose life. Choose blessing. What's he saying? He's saying there's two ways. You choose. You can choose blessing or you can choose cursing, but you're going to choose. And what he said was open book test. Best kind of test for me, because I didn't open the book before the test. 
right? None of you guys did that, right? Open book test. Choose the blessing. Amen? God's got a way. He's got a, he's got a purpose. He's got a plan. He's got a, a will for your life, and it's specific and unchanging. Amen? And he's saying, put your eye on that and keep it there. Singleness of, of vision. And he's saying, he's, he says, if you're single, then you're, then you're full of light. Well, if you're full of light, you're seeing God's way exactly the way he sees it every time. You're in perfect agreement with the Lord. That's what he's saying. You're full of light. Glory to God. That's what we're looking for. Perfect agreement with the Lord. That puts you at one. You have the peace of God, and it puts you at one. When you're confused, you don't have peace. Right? Why? Because you're at two. You're entertaining more than one idea. <laughs> okay. Look at, uh, there's, again, there's no reason to follow the notes. Look at James 3, 14. James 3, 14. No, James 3, 16. How about that? Um, and earlier in James it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Why? Because he's looking at two ideas. A double-minded man has went away from God's idea, and now they're looking at their own idea. They're looking at their own, own plan. You know, a lot of people think it's an outside source that's trying to talk you into choosing the wrong way. It's you that's trying to talk you into it most of the time. Very rarely is somebody else your enemy. You, most of the time, and me are our own enemy. You want to know the biggest definition of strife in a, in a Christian's life? Entertaining another idea than God's. You're a Christian. You don't need to entertain another idea. That causes strife, an inner strife that you don't need. Why? Because you have the answer. And what the devil's trying to get you to do is consider something else. So now you're in strife and then you're confused. They're, 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 they're brother and sister. Strife, envy, and confusion. Two peas in a pod, two birds in a mule's tail. They're right there together. They love each other. Huh? Well, they don't love each other because they don't love. But they are, in fact, the exact opposite of love. And they'll get you out of love. Well, how do I know? Because the next thing you'll do is fail. And when you're in love, you can't fail. The love of God is unfailing. And so what is the devil's main objective? Is to get you out of the love of God because it's the only place that he can get you to fail. Amen? Christians walk in the love of God. They are engulfed in His love and by His love. You were saved by that love. So you're baptized into it. Amen? And being baptized into it, you were raised together with Christ. In what? In love. To walk in the fullness of it. And when you walk in the fullness of that love, you, will, you are an unfailing force in the earth. Everything you do succeeds. Why? Because it's based on the love of God, which is the Word of God, which is unfailing. Amen? When God gives you a word, you don't need another report. Guess what? By whose stripes ye were healed is perfect love. It never fails. People say, well, I know someone that believed that verse and they didn't get healed. No. That's not possible. You just said love failed. Or you said God's Word failed. Which one of those statements you want to make true? Did love fail or did God's word fail? Which one? 
Neither. If we want to look at the failure, it's always going to be on our side. And what happened? We got another opinion. We got. We started believing other things. And this, when this was happening, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, if I just could hear that report. I don't need that report. Amen. I had to stop myself three or four times and say, no, I don't need that report. I have the report of the Lord. We've got to quit looking for something greater than God. There is nothing. And for some reason, when we get in problems, we think we have an answer. Do you? Because I found out my answers are weak at best. And they're based on what I see and what I feel, not what I know. When we know the Word of God is true, we stick with it. In James 3.14, it says where there's... Or 16, it says where there's envying and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. When the devil starts bombarding you with other thoughts, he's trying to get you to entertain them so that you'll become confused so that then you're in strife and and then the, the Word of God no longer is having effect in your life. That is the time to cast down every thought and, and make it obedient to the, to the knowledge of Christ. Amen. Right? It's a thought that's not yours, and it's a thought that's not God's. And it's a low-level thought. Why? Because God said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. You see what he's saying? He's saying, don't think on your level. He's not saying you can't think like me. He's saying, don't think on your level. Think on my level. My thoughts are higher. My ways are higher. They're greater. We, we serve a greater God. He has a better way. There's no giant bigger. There's no sickness greater. There's no, there's, you can't go low enough to where it won't reach. We serve a good God, and He's got good answers, and the truth will make you free. It will pull you out of any situation, but it's the truth you know that makes you free. Right? The truth you know you hold on to, you hang on to. You won't listen to another idea. You won't entertain another possibility. You stick with that and you, and you stay away from confusion. Right? Look at, look at 1 Corinthians 14. We figured out confusion is of the devil, right? It's listed with strife and every evil work. Right? You can see where religion came from. Why? Because religion is the confusion of God's Word. It takes God's Word and brings it down to a human level so that, so that it fits your experience or lack of experience. That's what, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to take God's Word and make it of non-effect. Why? By tradition. He can hold it powerless in your life if he can get you to, to either entertain a different idea or make the Word say something it doesn't say. You know? People say, well, all things work together for the good. You know, I guess this bad thing happened so that good could come. No. That's not what that verse says at all. That's, that's people trying to explain their, why they're in a problem. Most of the time, that's spiritual pride. You're just too prideful to say, I missed it. The best thing you can do is say, hey, I missed it. Why? Because when you try to explain it away, you, get in, you, you, you bring up whole new doctrines. We got, we got people that say, well, God heals some of the times. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes maybe. Or wait a while. Just depends on what, what position they're in that day as to how they quote that verse that's really not a verse. 
right? Why? Because it sounds good and it makes your flesh feel better, better about what it didn't get. <laughs> right? It's not mean. I can talk about me. None of you did that. I did it. What? I'm trying to explain away the word because I, in, instead of just saying, you know what, I must not have been unbelief. I must have been in unbelief. I must have missed it somewhere. I must have done something God didn't, went a direction God didn't say go. I'm, I don't know what happened, but I didn't get it. The word can't change just because you didn't experience it. Right? And, and, and you can't say, well, this person was really good. Well, then was it their works that was making the, good, the, the word work? Their goodness is not what made God. That God healed them before they were good. They weren't even born when God healed them. How could they have been good yet? Right? See, that's the problem. What happens is the devil gets us into a works thing, which takes us away from the Word. Works is another option to, to grace. You receive it by grace through faith. That's how you receive your salvation, and that's how you receive everything that, ha- that of the Lord, period. By grace through faith. And don't leave through faith off, because faith is how you access the gifts of grace. You will not access them without it. You know why? Because they're too good and your mind can't believe them. You have to access them by faith. Because your mind will entertain all the other options. That can't be. That's too good to be true. Yes, it is too good to be true. God is too good to be true. But yet He is truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, God is not the author of confusion. So if you've got confusion going on, who do you know is not involved? God. See, when these thoughts kept coming to my mind, I kept casting them down. Why? Because they can't be God because they're a confusion of His Word. He told me specifically, don't give that another thought. So for me to give it a thought is a perversion of what He told me. So I cast it down time and time again. Why do I need their report to give me relief? Faith is a rest. If I just get in faith in what he says, I'd be at rest. And it wouldn't matter. The thoughts would come and they'd just bounce off of me. But we don't want to entertain them because he's not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace. What's peace? Peace is one. Peace is oneness. Peace is wholeness. Uh, it, it, it means, in fact, it's even said at one place in the King James that he came to set it one. He came to set at one. In other words, put you back at one with God. Peace. Jesus is our peace. He came and set us back at one with God. Glory to God. And He's what gives us this singleness of vision. He's what keeps us out of confusion. He is our peace. He is our Lord. Amen? And and as we believe in what He's done, then then we receive the goodness of God. We believe in God's goodness through Jesus. And when we stay on that and don't entertain other ideas, keep a single mind, a single eye, we receive the Word of God. Amen? Doing what God says and, and, and believing what He says and then doing what He said to do is how you get what He said. Right? Okay, think. go to Numbers 13. Think about the 12 spies. 12 spies were sent out and they had 
direction. They had specific direction. They were to go and get a report of the land. They literally were. They didn't come back with a wrong report. That's why they were sent, was to get a report of the land. Moses said, go and and see if the land is the land of milk and honey and, and see if the people are weak or are they strong. You know, check it out, see what's there. And, and bring me back a report. He, wa- he didn't send them to see whether or not they could take the land. He wanted a report about the land. Right? He, he, wasn't, he didn't send them there to make a decision of whether God's word was true or not. Right? <laughs> when you go for a report, that doesn't mean that's the next truth in your life. The truth in your life is the one you had before you went for that report. The truth of God's Word is still true no matter what you saw on the report. Amen. God already gave you a report back here before you went. Amen. Right? When you go to the doctor, you're not going to get a good report. You're going with a good report. Right? Amen? So the 12 spies, they go out to get the report. And around, what is it, like verse 27... 1327 maybe? Yeah, they came back. Then they told him, they said, We came to the land where you sent us, and it is the land that flows with milk and honey. It's the good land. And here's some of the fruit, man. They brought back some of them big fat grapes that you had to carry two people. Huh? That's a big grape, isn't it? I was telling them this morning, I hope they have cows like that. Huh? Man, if, if grapes are that big, cows, man. That's some beef. Glory to God. Big hamburgers. Man, they came back and they said, yeah, it's exactly what the Lord said. What, what is he, They're quoting God here. God is the one that told them he was taking them to a land that flowed with milk and honey. They're still quoting the Lord. This is what God told them. This is the report. God already gave them a report, told them what the land would be like. And they came back and said, yep, just like God said. It's just like God said, look at these grapes. Huh? Or whatever fruit else they had. Verse 28, nevertheless, this is still part of the report. He asked them to get this stuff. This is what Moses asked them to do. Nevertheless, the people, they're strong. Strong people dwell in the land, and the cities are walled. Now, this is a report that he wanted them to get, but you can start hearing that hint of unbelief in there, can't you? Because not only are they given a report, they're seeing the report. Their vision's now going from possess the land to their strong people and, and walled cities. Possess the land, strong people, walled cities. What are they doing? Entertaining. They're beginning to entertain. There's another idea. There's another option here. We're, we're beginning to entertain something else. And, and they said, but there's walled cities and, and very great. And moreover... Now they get, now they're going to get specific, because he didn't tell, he didn't say see if Anik's there. Did he say see if Anik or his children are there? Did he ask him to see? <laughs> he just said tell me whether the people are strong or weak. That's what he said. If you go back up in verses, you'll see it. It says tell me if the people are strong or are they weak? Are the cities fortified or the walls big? And so they said now now they're adding to their story. Why? Because they're getting in unbelief. You have to justify unbelief, right? <laughs> You guys haven't ever done that? Yeah, yeah, you have to justify unbelief, right? It was too big. 
it got bigger and bigger as it went. You know, I thought I could believe, and then I thought it was God, but then I saw the fire. You know, I thought it was God, but then there was a flood. But the Word said you'll walk through the fire and not be burned. And, and you'll go through the flood and not be overtaken. So maybe it still was God, huh? Because the fire and the flood don't scare God. And neither do Anik's children. Huh? They don't scare God. And they don't change the Word of God. Because God said, I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey to possess. Amen? That was His Word. And He said it over and over again all through these years. And they said, moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. What? They're justifying. you got, you got to justify unbelief. Next verse. And they got to go further. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. In other words, this, this whole place is circled with bad dudes. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and, and dwell in the mountain and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Verse 30, Caleb said, stop that. What's he doing? He said, you're looking at another opinion. He stilled them. Why? He said, I've got to get their eyes back over where it's supposed to be. He's getting his eyes off of the direction God said to go. He's, got his, he's, he's looking away. He's looking away. He's like Peter. He, he sees the waves. He sees the winds. And he's looking away from the way. Right? There's one way. There's only one way to walk on the water. And that's to keep your eyes on Jesus and to listen to the one word, come. Right? That's how you walk on the water. You, you can't entertain another idea because guess what? Other ideas are stupid anyway. Well, think about that. Peter's on the water and he looks, ooh, it's windy. You can't walk on the water when it's windy. You can't walk on the water when it ain't windy. It was a stupid idea. The devil is dumb and, he, and, he, and that's a trick. And he said, oh, look at the waves. It doesn't, you can't walk on the water when it's wavy. You can't walk on the water when it's not wavy. Those were stupid ideas. The only way you walk on the water is looking at Jesus and listening to the Word He said, Come. You hang on to that Word. And when the waves and the wind beat, you hang on to the, to the Word, Come. And when the doctor's report's not good, you hang on to 1 Peter 2.24. You don't entertain that report. I thank God for doctors, but they're not your final authority. They're in the same business. They're trying to get people well. And many of you maybe wouldn't be here if there wasn't a doctor. But God put that doctor there. God filled him with the knowledge to do it. And without God, it wouldn't have happened. Amen? But the report we hang on to, no matter what, is the report Caleb says. Caleb stilled him. He said, quit. Get your eyes over here. It almost like he grabbed their face and said, hold it. He said, before Moses, and he said, let us go up now. Let us go up. In other words, Caleb's saying, why are we waiting? Why are we standing here talking? We've already heard the report of the Lord. That report says, I'm whole. That report says we go. That report says I have. That report says I do. That report is my report. That's the report I want. And, and Caleb said, let's go up and possess it for we are well able. Why, why did he say he's well able? Because God told them they were well able. Caleb's not quoting Caleb. 
He's quoting the report of the Lord. One vision, one way. There's not two ways. Right? And they all said, you know what? Caleb's right. He is right. What were we thinking entertaining these other ideas? Let's go with Caleb and Joshua because they're smart. Let's do what they say. Is that what they said? No. No. Why? Because they'd already entertained too many other ideas. They'd already gotten away from the Word of God, and they didn't know God's ways. They only knew what He did. Moses knew God's ways. The children of Israel knew His deeds. You won't serve someone on deeds. You'll serve them when you know their heart. Right? Moses knew the heart of God. These these people, they were looking at the deeds of God, and they said, well, if He don't show up, we're going to get hurt bad. Because, you know, they're looking at way, we've got to figure something else out because we don't know if he will or he won't. Why? Because they don't know his heart. When God says he will, he will. But they've made God double-minded by acting like he might or he might not. God will. God's not a might or might not God. And Moses knew his ways, and Moses was leading them in the ways of the Lord, but they were only seeing what he could do, not who he was. We serve the Lord because we love Him, not because of what He's done for us or will do for us. We love Him because of what He's done for us. He saved us. We love Him for that. Right? When you serve the Lord out of love, it's faith. You won't serve somebody out of fear. See, they were serving the Lord out of fear. And and there's no such thing as obedience Fear obedience with God. There's faith obedience. Your obedience is, is comes with a trust in who He is. Right? When you're in fear, you don't trust who He is. You just know you better do it. Right? It's like tithing because you have to. I got good news for you guys. You don't have to tithe. Not one person in here has to tithe. You get to tithe because you love the Lord. You get to give because you love the Lord. You get to serve because you love the Lord. Everything we do, we do because we love the Lord. When we get off of that, we're, look, we're, we're doing it from another direction, and it can't be right. The only direction we can go is the way of the Lord. Amen? And when you know His heart, you'll want to get closer to Him. Amen? Glory to God. That's, that was way off of my sermon. Where were we? <laughs> so... They didn't say that. They, they actually continued with their bad report. Moses stilled them and said, or Caleb stilled them and said, let's go. And they came back and said, but. In other words, no, no way. But the men that went up with him said, we're not able. What did they say? They said the exact opposite of what God said. What's that? Two visions. One wrong and one right. They chose wrong. Now the evil report starts. The other report was not an evil report. This is the evil report. When you begin to say things contrary to what God says about you or what God says you can do or what He's enabled you to do by His grace, then you are now bringing up an evil report. Why? Because God said you'll possess that land and you're well able to do it. They said we are not able to do it. Who's right, God or them? God was right, now they've become right. In the wrongest of ways. Huh? They're right in the wrongest of ways. They just lost their ability. 
Why? Because God's Word was their ability. Why are you healed? Because God's Word says you are. It is your ability. Amen? And they lost their ability because they refused to believe in the Word of God. They said, we're not able to go up against this people. They're stronger than we are. God didn't ask if they were stronger than them because He knew they're not stronger than Him. He, didn't, he never intended for them to take the land without Him. And He knew there was nothing bigger than Him. It didn't matter how big the giants were or how strong the walls were. They're not stronger than God. Amen? And they said, we can't go up against this people for they're stronger than we are. And then, they just, then, then it's got to get bigger. Why? Stronger than we are is not a good enough excuse for unbelief. You've got to go further. So they go to the next verse. And they brought up an evil report of the land. So not only are the people bad, the land's bad. It's an evil, it, it went from the land flowing with milk and honey to the land that chews up its inhabitants. Man, just two or three verses ago, it was the land flowing with milk and honey. They said they brought up an evil report, they that would search the land under the children of Israel, saying the land, the land through which we've gone to search it, it's a land that eats up its inhabitants. In other words, this land is bad. You don't want to be Who wants to, you got, anybody want to live in, in a land that eats up its inhabitants? You know, one day you'll be standing there, next day the ground just swallows you. You're not going to live there. They're, what are they doing? They're not only are they un, in unbelief, I got to drag others with me so we can be in unbelief together. Misery truly does love company. Right? And, and that's what they're doing. And this is, this is the most dangerous place they could have been. It's one thing for them not to believe, but when you cause others not to believe, you're in a dangerous spot. You're in a dangerous spot. Jesus said in Matthew 5 that he who, he who uh, breaks the law and teaches others to do so is the least in the kingdom of God. It's not just breaks the law, it teaches others to do so. It's, it's not enough that you got in unbelief, but you drug others with you. See, that's why religious tradition taught in the church is so dangerous. Because now not only are you in religious tradition, you're teaching it to others. And you've now taken their ability through Christ away. Why, why do you think Jesus was so mad that day at the temple? Why do you think He was so upset at the temple that day? What were they selling? Offerings. They were selling offerings. They had pigeons and lambs. And they were selling the people's offerings. They weren't just selling. They were selling people out. That's what makes God mad. It's not just when you take away your own ability, but then when you take other people and pull them out of the will of God with you. Dangerous. Make sure of what you say before you say something. Amen? If it brings people down, even if it's truth, it's probably not going to help them. Saying the right thing at the wrong time. It's not, 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 it's not God. <laughs> quoting, quoting scriptures to people who can't hear them. That's not God. Standing with your sign that says God hates. That's not God. Right? We've already discussed this. God hates your sign. <laughs> yeah. Next time I see one of those, if I'm going to do, I'm going to carry around a sign in the back of my truck that says God hates your sign. <laughs> and I'm going to stick it in the ground right next to him. 
If it's outside of love, it is outside of God, and it cannot do any good in the direction it's pointed. Right? That's why God said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Why? They're the ways of love. When they're, they're like the rain that comes down and waters the earth and, and produces fruit. Love always produces fruit. Right? When we walk in love, we will always produce the fruit of love. Amen? And, and when we follow his words, we are reproducing the, the, the produce of love. Amen? When, when you get healed, when you be healed, let me rephrase that. When, when by 1 Peter 2.24, you be healed, you are reproducing the fruit of love. Because love is who healed you. Amen? When we do the Word of God, we're reproducing the love of God in our lives and we're reproducing it in the lives of others. Glory to God. What, what a wonderful task that, we're, that we get to do. But when we do what they did, we pull people out of the will of God and out of the love of God. The, God loved them. He wanted them to have the land that flows with milk and honey. But because of the, the report of the ten people over the two... They pulled a whole nation away from the will of God. It didn't become God's will that they die in the wilderness. They got their own words. Why? Because they quit believing His. When you quit believing His, you'll get your own. What was their words? We're going to die in the wilderness. <laughs> you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. They said it from the day they left. We're going to die in the wilderness. You're, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. Weren't there any graves in Egypt? We're going to die in the wilderness. And they said it over and over and over again. And finally, they quit believing the word of the Lord and they had one word left. We're going to die in the wilderness. And guess what happened to them? They died in the wilderness. When we quit believing His way, we get the other. Right? There's only two, blessing and cursing. When you aren't walking in the blessing, guess what you're walking in? Isn't it good that we walk in the blessing and that we choose every day to walk in that blessing by His grace? Glory to God. Glory to God. And they brought up an evil report. I'm sorry, I never did read that verse, did I? They brought up an evil report of the land and searched, and they said it swallows up the inhabitants. And not only that, now the people aren't just the sons of Anne. They are of great stature. Why? We've got to get this bad enough where people will understand why we don't want them going there. You got, you got to make it bad, you know? Well, I understand he could heal a cold, but this is a stroke. This is cancer. This, come on. It doesn't matter how big the giant is, my brother. It does not matter what they say about the land. The report of the Lord is good. The report of the Lord is life and health. The report of the Lord will always bring about success and prosperity and oneness with Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. They brought up, later on, God called that a slanderous report. Slanderous. What, what, what's he saying? He's saying he's, they're saying something that is completely, that makes me look bad. That's slander. When you're saying something that makes somebody else look bad, he calls it slanderous. He said, they're, they're saying something that makes me look bad because this is what I said about the land. 
So when we say something that, that's different than what God says? Next verse, please. Huh? What are we looking for? We're looking for our agreement with Him. You're not looking for my agreement with you. You're looking for me to agree with Him and you to agree with Him and us to agree together with Him. Amen? Look at Acts. Look at Acts. Acts, uh, well, you guys go to Acts 2. In, in Acts 1, he talks about they were in one accord in one place. Uh, let me rephrase that. They were with one accord. They weren't in one accord. They were with one accord. What, were they, what, what are we saying? They were all at one place believing the same thing in agreement with the Lord. They were with one accord. They were in the same place that one accord was. In other words, in other words where they were, one accord was. Glory to God. Good place to be. That's what we want our church to be. When people come in, we'll say, we're with one accord. What do you mean? This is one accord. Right? And they were all together and they were with one accord. And then in, in, in chapter 2, it says they were in, with one accord again in the first verse. Right? And then in chapter 4, it says they were with one accord when they prayed with one voice. With one voice, with one accord, they prayed. How many voices? They were all talking, but they were all in agreement with God's Word. So it was one voice, one accord. That's what we're looking for. Agreement with God's Word. Not agreement with other people say, well, we've got to get an agreement. No, you don't got to get an agreement. We've got to get an agreement with God together. If you never agree that I'm healed then you just don't agree with me. God's Word does. When, if, if you're going to agree with me, we got to agree with God's Word. Right? You know this thing, oh, we just got to get in unity. we got to get in unity. No, if we all believe God's Word together, we'll get in unity. Why? Because we'll be believing God's Word. If the other ten would have believed Caleb's report, they would have been with one accord. But they didn't. They went outside of it and believed a different report. Acts 2, verse 46, says, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. This was right after Peter had come back and they flogged him and everything. They said, we, we got this. And they told us not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And they all prayed. Now am I ahead of myself? Oh, no, this is right after they received the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry. And, and they, they, yeah, I'm ahead of myself. I got ahead of myself in verses. This is where they all got filled with the Holy Ghost, and this is the start of the church. And they were together with one accord and in the temple and breaking of bread. They're still in one accord. Don't, don't get one accord out. And breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat, not their vegetables. <laughs> huh? They have, I see bread and meat. I'm sorry. You know, this is the word I'm holding fast. Okay? <laughs> Okay, maybe maybe it included vegetables. I don't know. You guys eat your vegetables. Kids, eat your vegetables. <laughs> this is a public service announcement. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house and did eat their meat with gladness and with singleness of heart. Not just that they believed with each other, they believed in God together. The church's purpose is to believe in God together. It's not to believe like one another. It's to believe like God together. 
See, we're trying to get each other to believe like one another when what we're supposed to do is believe in God together. Amen? That's true agreement. That is agreement with the Holy Spirit. It is agreement with God. It is agreement with the Word of God. Amen? And so now in verse 32, this is after Peter came back and he'd been, you know, they'd told him and charged him, said don't teach anymore in the name of Jesus. Notice they don't care if he teaches, just don't teach in the name of Jesus. Why? No power in any other name. Teaching all the, you know. Why? Because there's only one way. See, even they knew it. Even they knew it. There's only one way. There's the way of Jesus and there's every other way. They could have taught in the name of Muhammad, Buddha, Joe, Anybody, it didn't matter. Don't teach in the name of Jesus. Why? All the other ways are powerless. I don't want you teaching in the powerful way. Even they knew it. They knew where the power was. And they, he came back and they reported all, man, the, the crowd went crazy. They were excited because of what they'd been worthy of for the name of Jesus. They, and, and with one voice, that's where they prayed, with one voice, with one accord. And said, stretch forth your hand and heal. Amen? That, that's, that's, and, and then it said in verse 32, it said, after, after all this, they says, and the multitude. Well, wait a second. Before it was all. And now it's the multitude. That means most, right? Multitude means most. In this verse, that's pretty much what it's saying. Now, and the multitude of them that believed were of one. In other words, most of everybody there that believed was of one heart and one soul. Right? Huh? Guys, can you see that? And he's not saying everybody now. In other words, there's some people entertaining other ideas. Hmm, wonder who? Wonder who's entertaining other ideas? What's, what's, the, what's the guy's name in the very next, cha- very next verse? First verse of chapter 1? Ananias? Huh. Wonder if he was entertaining another idea. Yeah. This says the multitude of them that were believed are of one heart. In other words, most of the people who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that they had anything of their own, possessed anything of their own, but had all things in common. Verse 33. And with great power. In other words, good things were happening. Why? Because they were with one. They were in one. Great things were happening. When you're with one accord, healing happens. Miracles happen. Good things happen. Amen? And plus, it is a testimony to those that are thinking something else. When healings are happening, when things are going on, it doesn't bring faith. You've got to have faith. Testimonies don't bring faith. Testimonies grow your faith. Isn't that right? Testimonies are to grow your faith, not to bring you into faith. Right? And so great things were happening and great grace was upon them all. And all these things were happening. But in verse 5, it talks about this man, Ananias. And he had to be entertaining another idea. He had to be one of them that wasn't of one heart and one soul. Why? Because he began to think a different way than them. They, they, they sold their land and brought the full price. Right? They didn't try to hide anything from the Lord. They were excited to do what was, what was happening. But he tried to con God. Why? Because he got another opinion. He got another idea. Well, that's a pretty big price for that land. That's a lot of money. What if you need that money? You want to have to go to the apostles to get your money? You might need that money. Maybe you should save back some of that money. You know, they're, they're saying it might be a bad year next year. You might need extra. Maybe you shouldn't give it all. 
How many ideas would he have had to entertain? He had to entertain another one besides what was going on. Right? And he had to get outside of one accord. And he had to agree with something other than God's Word. And we know he agreed to do this because his wife agreed with him. Because the apostle said, how could you have agreed to do this thing? Huh? So what did they do? They got out of the agreement with God and into agreement with one another to save back part of the money. Dangerous thing. Huh? I don't get somber on me. We got the grace. We got the mercy. Come on. If you messed up, you're just repent. You can be right back where you were. Amen? I've messed up. That's how I know I'm still here. Look. Oh, messed up a whole bunch. Lots. And I have tried to con God. Huh? Oh, you guys haven't ever done that? You're praying and you're, 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 you're sitting there talking and you, you act like God ain't hearing you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you come to yourself and say, wait, he's right here. <laughs> right? We've all tried it. You repent, but you just do it with tears rather than heart. <laughs> huh? You guys haven't ever repented with tears and no heart? Man, it looks good. Cried for an hour. And I cried my eyes out at the altar. But did you repent? <laughs> you know, I, I used to work with youth a whole lot. And uh, man, we'd have these great meetings. And then at the end of them, they'd all come down. And they'd flood the altar because they'd all been like me as a youth and been out doing stupid things. And they felt bad about it, right? And they'd go up there and they'd cry and cry and they'd get up with a great big smile and go back out and do the very same thing. Why? Not true repentance. You feel bad, but you don't turn. (laughs) Okay, it's not part of the message anyway. Take it for what it's worth. When we believe God's word, we stick with what it says all the way. We don't go a different direction like Ananias and Sapphira. They chose something other than God's word. And then they tried to use God's word against himself. In other words, they acted like they were doing what God said and were not. Amen? We have to be in agreement with God's Word. Me and you want to stay in one accord. If I'm going to agree with Victor, I don't want to agree with what Victor believes. I want to agree with what Victor believes about God. Right? I want to believe that Victor said he he wished above all things that I'd prosper and be in health, and that's the Word of God, and I believe it, and I say I can agree with that. I'm not agreeing with Victor. Me and Victor are agreeing with God together. If any two of you will agree. What? Agree with God. He said, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith. He said, have faith in God. Our agreement is with the Word of God. Our agreement is with the report of the Lord. Our agreement is with what He says, His thoughts, His ways. Our agreement is to Him. Amen? And as we walk with one accord together in agreement with Him, miracles happen. What's it say happened when they were with one accord? People were healed just by Peter's shadow. People were healed by handkerchiefs being laid on them that were just with the apostles. People were healed and set free and saved by the thousands. 
when the, when the church was in one accord believing together with him and they weren't talking about, well, they don't believe this and they don't believe that. How about we get an agreement with God? Glory to God. Any other thought is one thought too many. Any other imagination, any other, you know, uh, Paul said in Colossians, he said, he said don't, don't, be, don't be carried away by fine-sounding arguments. You know who gives you the most fine-sounding argument you'll ever hear? You. <laughs> it's, it is of the devil, but it's you. I have argued myself into a corner a hundred times. I've told myself how I should do it and, and talked myself out of the Word of God. You guys haven't done that, have you? Well, watch it. It's not good. Huh? When Paul said don't confer with the flesh, what did we talk about last time? The first flesh not to confer with? Your own. Your own thoughts are what you're casting down. Somebody else's thoughts aren't going to bug you. You cannot be controlled with someone else's thought. It has to become yours before it will control you. Hmm? Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Somewhere in 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 5. It says, casting down imaginations. You know what imagination is? It's a thought. It's a thought. And every high thing, every what? Every high thing. Anything that sets itself above the high thought of Jesus Christ. Anything that sets itself up above the knowledge of the Word of God. If the Word of God says this and something else says this, it needs to go way down here. In fact, is not only does it need, it says cast it down. In other words, put it away forever. It's not your thought. Your thought is what God says. God says you're the apple of His eyes. He says that He sings over you. You know what God thinks about you? Good thoughts. Thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you life. And if something says anything different than that, then it needs to be cast down. And, and it is a fine-sounding argument. It is something that should not be. It's not God's Word. God's Word is what we believe. And it says anything else, not only does it need to be cast down, it needs to be brought into captivity. In other words, don't not only cast it down, put that sucker in the dungeon. Amen? Because you don't want it coming back up ever again. It's not your thought and it cannot lead to peace. It will not lead to oneness. It will lead to division and strife. That's what outside entertaining does. That's what it does when we entertain other ideas than God. It brings division in our life and then you have chaos. Right? Anybody ever done the opposite of what you knew God was telling you to do? Did it bring chaos? Did you jump back on your knees and say, God, I want your way? Yeah. Because you knew the right way. Amen? The NIV version even says it better because, you know, in the, go to the NIV on that. In Colossians 2 and verse 8, Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one takes you captive by hollow and deceptive philosophy. And, and in a verse above it, he says, I say this to you so that nobody beguiles you by fine-sounding arguments. So many times we beguile ourselves. Huh? Self-beguiled. You got anybody that's been self-beguiled in here? Not anymore. Not anymore. We know the thoughts of the Lord. We can think and We have the mind of Christ. 
We have the mind of Christ. It says, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what the Lord has prepared for those who love him. But, what does it say? We have. We know all things, right? You guys want to look at the verse? <laughs> okay, we'll away from this verse. Where is that one? Somebody tell me. It's in Corinthians, right? Huh? 1 Corinthians 2.9. Put it up. We'll go there and then we'll go back to... No eye has seen, no ear has heard. No, nor, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived. Oh, you're still in NIV. Okay. I'm quoting King James and looking at the NIV. Yeah, there we go. So when my mom quoted King James and I read NIV, so I have to separate them sometimes. Because when she quoted, she quotes you King James. <laughs> eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love in verse 10. But God's what? <laughs> so how much can we know? Everything he just said that people don't know, we can know. He's revealed them unto us by his Spirit. So everybody that's filled with the Holy Spirit knows the will of God, knows the heart of God, knows, you know, when they say, well, you never know what God's going to do. You do. And if you don't, it's because you didn't ask. Right? And then, and then when he told you, you didn't want to hear it. Right? <laughs> you guys haven't done that either. <laughs> He tells you something like, mm, that can't be God. No, that's not God. And it follows you around for three days. No, that's not God. Can't be God. That's too hard. God wouldn't make it that hard. It's not hard if you just do it. It's like those giants. They weren't bigger than God. They would have took the land if they'd have just done it. Nothing's hard with God. Amen? Where were we? Second Corinthians 10.5, NIV. It says we demolish. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish. So any argument in your own head that is against the, the knowledge of Christ, you demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of, of God. Anything that, that makes itself greater than what God has said is not a right thought, it's not a right way, it's not a right vision, and it's not single. It's the other way. And you don't want to take it. It's the other path. You don't want to go on it. Even if it looks bright and sunny, it's the wrong way. Amen? Demolish that thought. Get rid of that thought. That's what I had to do that day. I had to keep saying, no, that's not my thought. And I don't need this report to verify what God's already said. You don't need another report to verify what God's already said about you. Guess what? You're going to be saved tomorrow just like you're saved today. Why? Because the Word of God said if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Unless you choose something different, you're going to be saved tomorrow whether you wake up feeling saved or not. Right? You don't wake up and say, I don't feel very saved today. I must not be saved. I hope God doesn't come back today. Because I don't feel saved. That's no more, uh, that, is, that, that makes God's word no less true than if you didn't feel well. 1 Peter 2.24 is just as true whether you feel well or not. It, it's not based on a feeling, it's based on truth. And if you'll believe it, it will be. Amen? And it doesn't matter how far things go. You keep believing. You keep going. You keep looking. You keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't get off. And he's going to try, and he's going to get you worn down. What? Worn down with what? Other thoughts. Other ideas. And you get tired. 
Right? Don't get tired. Get strong. Get strong. Get strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Grab hold of the Word of God. Stand to your feet with me. Thank you, Lord. So, grab hold of the Word of God. And, and when, it, when, you, when these other thoughts come, you think these things. You do what He said in Philippians 4. He said, finally, brethren. He said, whatsoever things are true. What's He saying? What, he's talking about the Word of God. He's t- whatsoever things are true. There's only one truth. It's the Word of God. Whatsoever things are honest. The Word of God. What's just? God. Whatsoever things are pure? God. Everything that he says think on, this is what he's saying for you to think on. He's telling us not to think on the other things. Don't let the other, don't entertain other ideas and opinions. Do Do what Elijah said. Talk to yourself. Say, how long will I halt between two opinions? Either God is God or Baal is God. But then do what Elijah did. Trust in God. Guys who trusted Baal didn't do very well. Cut up and dead. <laughs> Whatever things are lovely. If it's not lovely, if it's not full of love, that doesn't just mean you look at it and it's pretty. It means it's lovely. It is full of love. If it's not a thought that's full of the love of God for you, then it's not your thought. And it's not true. If, if, somebody, if, if, if the devil's trying to get you to believe that you're less than who he made you to be, it's not true. And it's not lovely. Whatsoever things are what? A good report. What's he saying? Think on the good report. Do, do what the ten didn't. You think on the good report. You be Caleb. Caleb thought on the good report. He said, that's mine and I'm going to have it. Glory to God. And was it with Joshua later? He said, he said I, I'm 80-some years old, and I'm strong as I was when I'm young, and God promised me that when I was 40, and I'm having it now. Doesn't matter when he promised it. You have it now. If you hadn't had it to this point, you have it now. If you, if you have been believing, don't get off. Don't get condemned. You're there. You're way better shape than people who aren't believing. Right? You got it going on. You got you have hope. They don't. Whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you've learned and received and heard and seen in me do. What's he saying? He's saying, I've done all this. This is what I've thought on. I was in jail and I had joy. I was beaten and I sang praises. What's he saying? You can't do this in yourself. But if God says you can, you can. And he said, those things you've seen in me, seen me do, you do them. And then he says, and the God that sets at one, the God of oneness, the God of peace shall be with you. Glory to God. If we'll trust his word, we'll have his peace and we'll enjoy the fat of the land. Glory to God. Glory to God. You got a song, Matt?